This is the Big Pond. All over the world, in Europe, South Africa, and South America, old industrial buildings are being put to startling new uses. In the United States, the old Rust Belt industrial city of Buffalo, New York, is leading the way with grain silos. I'm Alex Van Os. The next time you eat a bowl of cereal for breakfast, like Cheerios or shredded wheat, think of Buffalo. At one point, it was the world's largest grain port. This is an old boat song from the 1800s, sung on the Great Lakes, when millions of tons of cereal grain were shipped from the Midwestern prairies over Lake Erie to Buffalo, New York. But what to do with all that wheat, oats, and rye when it got to Buffalo? Well, first of all, you had to store it, hoist it, and dump it into silos, great wooden or steel or reinforced concrete cylinders. Think of vertical tons of grain piled into towers along the meandering Buffalo River, enough grain stored in them for, say, three billion loaves of bread. The grain is gone now, pretty much. But the silos remain, rusting, bleak in the snow, awesome under the moon. To some, they look like Egyptian ruins, empty, with few windows, acres of vertical concrete, like huge ships or elephants, standing alone or clustered, unused, as if waiting for something. Buffalo today has 14 standing elevators, so two working 14 standing. Linda Schneekloth is a former professor at the University of Buffalo School of Architecture and Planning. Silos are her specialty. For a while, there was the attitude in the city of Buffalo is just tear them down, tear them down. I think the reason that they didn't get torn down is that they were horribly expensive to tear down. The river was quite contaminated. Um, most people could see the grain elevators but would have no idea how you would get to them. And so I think that their sort of isolation protected them for, for many years. Many university faculty and students became fascinated by the silos. And a hundred years ago, so did certain crucial German and Swiss designers, pioneers and giants of the international style of architecture. My name is Hadass Steiner. I'm an associate professor of architecture at the University of Buffalo. Photographic evidence of grain elevators came to the attention of Walter Gropius, and Le Corbusier saw them. So Le Corbusier thought the silos were so perfect uh, of an illustration of his ideas that he wanted everyone else to believe it, and he even doctored the images to make them more perfectly pure, prismatic, cylindrical than they even were. During the 20th century, grain shipments started to bypass Buffalo, and the silos gradually closed. Many Buffalonians no longer knew about them. They were hard to get to, and derelict, and fenced off by the lake. You had to go all the way down Main Street, then hook over to Michigan Avenue, continue down Ohio Street, then cross a bridge, and finally, here we are, at the end, at the back of nowhere, surrounded by silos. Um, what would this place have sounded like before you were born, uh, say, 120 years ago? Well, I think uh, you'd have uh, lake freighters coming in by water. You'd have the dust collectors running. You'd have the marine 
legs operating, which which are the the conveyors that take the grain up and out of the the boats. You'd have the rail cars moving. Uh, you'd have the mills. Uh, you know, there Robin Hood flour was made in one of the mills, and Occidental flour in another one of the mills. That that is uh, be quite an active spot. Rick Smith heads an old company called Rigidized Metal. Eleven years ago, he wanted better access to his office and factory, and so he bought 150 acres of surrounding land, and with it, four deserted silos as well. What to do with them? Store corn? Maybe make biofuel and ethanol? Well, that didn't work out. But then, in 2011, Rick Smith got a call from the university. Linda Sneecloth and and UB, uh, we had the National Preservation Trust come to town, and it was a perfect opportunity for us to show off our uh, Le Corbusier and, and uh, Mendelssohn's modernism architecture to the rest of the country. And so we hosted a, a party down here, and, and that's where we sort of said, boy, it, does, it works. It, it, it could be a place that we should open to the public. That party was such a success, it led to the development of what's called Silo City, part of the complete rethinking of Buffalo's old port and waterfront. Now it's a tourist destination. Brad Hahn is executive director of a new tour group called Explore Buffalo. The growth that we've had over the past five years has been tremendous. The interest that people have in our city, we've gone from about 6,000 people taking a tour in 2014, five years ago, to this year we're going to have over 20,000 people take a tour with us. Many visitors have fun getting to the silos by kayak along the river or by land. At Silo City, we've got a pair of tours that we offer. We do go inside several of the grain elevators. Uh, Our other tour that we offer at Silo City is our vertical tour to the top of the silos. There are certainly spots there that we don't want people going, so we limit the group to a small number of people, and we ensure that people don't wander away. We have uh, volunteers on that tour specifically called chaperones, and they're essentially the sheepdogs who uh, ensure that nobody wanders off to a spot where the floor is crumbling or something like that. Um, But on that tour where we're going up to the top of those buildings, up about 150 feet, you really see all of the interior workings of those complexes when you're at the top, along with some spectacular views of the waterfront, of Lake Erie, of Buffalo, and you can even see up to Niagara Falls on a clear day. All kinds of silo events now take place because of the unique acoustics. There are concerts and poetry readings, and also performance art by Torn Space Theatre Company. Elsewhere among silos and the waterfront, there's a new hockey rink, a beer hall, a condominium. But Silo City purposely maintains its original industrial grit. It's all a bit apocalyptic. Hollywood's filmed there for three movies. The silos loom over you and are not exactly homey, unless you're someone like Jim Watkins, known as Swanee Jim, after the local Swanee Bar. You were sort of at the apex of the wedge. In terms of one contiguous area, this has the largest grain capacity that's known, a total of 16 million bushels. Jim Watkins is the caretaker and site manager for Silo City. He lives in a shack here, along with Gonzo, his affectionate pit bull. So this is Marine A. This was built in 1925. 
How high is this? These are 120 feet. And again, it's a, it's a 30 foot diameter. Though cleaned up, it's tricky walking and sobering to think of working conditions here long ago. The older wooden silos could burn down and steel ones buckle from those tons of stored grain piled up 120 feet. Or the dust could explode, or the grain itself could cave in and collapse, creating a vacuum that might suck in the whole top of the silo, along with any unfortunate workers nearby. We had two of the other people that come down and perform every year, and uh, they uh, took turns actually coming inside and singing because it gets even a longer resonance time and it changes. That's what that's the magic of the site. It you know, all these different variables that people can play with. It's good to get outside again back at the shack, sit a while with Swanee Jim and Gonzo. Watkins is happy the silos are being put to new use, but there's something else, he says. This place, once so busy, is now returning to nature. And there's another thing that keeps him living here, taking care of this particular spot, because it's special, he says, and apparently always has been. There is something about the site and I think it actually predates these silos and elevators. But there are an awful lot of people that get, when they come here, there's a certain spiritualness to it. A great friend of ours, Kevin, the horse teeth McCarthy, had one of the best phrases for it. He had no doubt that the Native Americans probably prior to the Senecas there was a a tribe here called the Neutrals and um, where the highway is back over here you had 60, 50, 60 foot high sand dunes there in the summertime where else would one rather be you're by the lake so you're going to have a bit of a breeze to be eased from bugs and everything you're going to have fishing and game the river around this, half of this site has a less than 90 degree bend and in some cultures those are considered power centers so there's a spirituality here and as the horse thief would have said and then we came along and built these grand doms of structures to protect the sacredness of what preceded we are merely the current stewards of the site Jim Watkins at Silo City, Buffalo, New York And for The Big Pond, this is Alex Van Oss.
Wunderbar Together. You've been listening to The Big Pod, a series of dialogues between Germans and Americans, coming to you from PRX and the Goethe Institute. <laughs>